Welcome to Alumni Conversations. I'm so glad you're here with us today. My name is Daniel Ostendorf, and I get the privilege of working in our alumni relations team here at Letourneau. And what that means is I get the joy of working with our over 25,000 alumni around the world and getting to know them, getting to serve them, getting to reconnect them to the university and one another. And that is an incredible joy. And one of my favorite things is sitting down for a cup of coffee or a good meal with our alumni. So I thought what I wanted to do is share that experience with you guys, our fellow alumni, and give you the chance to hear from fellow Laternos, uh, Laterno students and alumni and what they're up to. So looking forward to today's conversation. I think it's going to be a, a really important one for us as we think about our alumni who are working in the medical field and who have been impacted by COVID-19 and the work they've done. So really excited to do that. But you'll notice that today I'm in a different place. Uh, today I'm uh, speaking with you from our communications and marketing department. This team is incredible. It's got several alumni on it. And over the last year, they've produced over 100 videos to tell the story of Letourneau and of our graduates and of our students to serve our incoming students with tutorials and campus tours. And they have done amazing work. So I'm really grateful to them for the opportunity to be in this space today uh, and speak with you from here. And just wanted to give them a shout out for all they're doing. Well, before we get into our conversation, a couple of important uh, and exciting announcements for you. We have just welcomed one of the largest freshman classes in Letourneau's history. I think we missed the record by two or three students total. And so we are so excited and so grateful for what God has done and for the families and students who have trusted us and have come here this fall uh, to take courses and to experience that Letourneau Polytechnic Christ-centered hands-on education uh, that we know is so powerful and so important in shaping us into the men and women that God wants us to be. So lots to celebrate. Um, in fact, just this morning, we sent out an email to uh, just shy of 13,000 alumni to let them know exciting updates from campus and opportunities. And so if you're not getting that alumni newsletter update and would like to, let me know, drop a comment below, send us a private message, or shoot me an email at alumni at letu.edu. And we'd love to let you know, get you connected to receiving that email newsletter. Stick around to the end of this conversation. Today, we've got a really exciting opportunity for our alumni. At the end of next month, the faith-driven investor and faith-driven entrepreneur conferences that we're going to take place in Dallas have moved online. And that's opened up an opportunity for our alumni from around the world to join for free. Now, you do have to use a special priority code or a promo code. So just reach out to us at alumni at letu.edu to let us know you're interested and we'll get that code to you. But it's going to be a really amazing conference um, and a really exciting time to hear from investors and entrepreneurs from around the country um, and to grow in your faith in that way. So I hope you'll stick around till the end of the, the, the session. and I'll tell you more about it then. Well, with that, I want to introduce you to our conversation today focused on nursing in a pandemic. And for that, I've invited a really special co-host to join me today. Alicia Sperlin is a level three nursing student here at Laterno University. Alicia experienced the incredible community on G3 her freshman year. And that community and the ladies on Gilbert have continued just to be a really sweet spot in her memory here. She served as a peer advisor while here and is currently, again, in her later levels uh, as a nursing student. So we're super excited for her. Well, a year ago, she got hired on at Hospitality ER here in Longview, one of our urgent care clinics. And she worked there for a year. And, and during the, the COVID pandemic over the last six months, she worked as a medical scribe. So she was there in the midst of that conversation and what was happening there and how Hospitality ER was engaging our community in, during this time. So really excited to have her join us. Uh, in addition, some super exciting news as I bring Alicia in. She's just learned that she has been offered an externship at Christus Good Shepherd Health Center here in Longview. So Congratulations, Alicia. That Thank is you. exciting news. I'm very excited. My first shift is actually tomorrow afternoon. So, Whoa. oh my goodness, <laughs> no waiting till you graduate. You just get yes, to do it in the no. middle of school. Yes. 
Okay. Do you know what floor you're going to be on? I'll be on L and D tomorrow. So labor and delivery and first time on that floor. So I'm super excited. I'll be able to, you know, go on to different floors that I, you know, not necessarily get to do well in school. So super exciting. Oh, I'm so excited for you, Alicia. I, two of our four kids were delivered at Good Shepherd. Um, really? So we have really sweet memories of the nurses on the L&D floor. You're joining an incredible crew. Um, so really excited. excited for you. Well, hey, Alicia, today we're going to be talking to two former nursing students who graduated. And so I would love to have you introduce them. You guys are colleagues. You've been through a lot of the same experience. So will you introduce our two guests for today? Sure, absolutely. So our first guest is uh, Eva Stevens. Uh, Eva graduated in 2018 from Laterna's Bachelor of Science in the nursing program. While a student, she was involved with our Honors College, intramural sports, Nanny in her senior year, and served as a floor chaplain. Eva is married to Luke, a silver uh, engineering graduate. And then for the last two years, Eva worked at Baptist South Medical Center in Montgomery, Alabama. Uh, her first year was spent on the NERA Science Med Surge 4 while uh, her last eight months were spent on the medical ICU unit, uh, which has become a COVID unit in the midst of the pandemic. In May, Eva and Luke moved to Birmingham, where Eva now works at Princeton Baptist Medical Center on the medical ICU unit, currently the hospital's COVID unit. Uh, Eva, I am just so glad you have joined us today, and thank you for being with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. So Eva is joining us from Alabama. And our second guest is Andrew Mitchell, uh, who was born in Alabama. So um, Andrew also graduated in the 2018 um, with a Bachelor's of Science in Nursing degree. And while a student, Andrew called Tyler Hall home in particular with the community of the guides on 4B, where his floor name was Doc. Uh, While a student, Andrew co-authored an academic article with Dr. Bruce Hathaway that was published in The Chemistry Educator. And um, this past summer, Andrew worked as an at Echo Ranch Bible Camp in the midst of the COVID-19 pandemic, which made it a very interesting summer. Today, Andrew works at part of the uh, emergency care unit at Longview Regional, one of the two main hospitals caring for COVID-19 patients in uh, the Longview area. Um, and perhaps more important than anything right now, Andrew just got engaged. Congratulations in the past week to Natalie Doddle, who is graduating from our engineering program in this May. So we're glad y'all are both here. Yeah. We're so glad you're here. Alicia, thanks for introducing Eva yes. um, and Andrew. Guys, all three of you have been in through Letourneau's amazing nursing program. You guys are all part of a program that I can think for the last three years, there was a 100% pass rate on the NCLEX exam, which is incredible. Yes. Um, so that's awesome. Hey, Alicia, when do you take the NCLEX? Have you already taken it or will you? I will. Um, so I graduate in May. And okay. so it'll be shortly after that. Okay. So. I'm not saying that even Andrew have set a high bar, but I'm going to say that it's set a high bar. <laughs> yes. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> He'll be great. There's much better after that. Yes. Well, hey, one of the ways we we love to start these conversations is hearing a little bit about your time at Letourneau. So even Andrew, do you guys have a favorite memory or a moment that really kind of shaped you or stands out to you? Now, Eva, you're married to your husband who you met here and Andrew, you're engaged. So I know those moments are important. So maybe other than meeting your significant other, do you have another moment from your time here that just was a really sweet sort of part of, of your time at Letourneau? Oh, where to start? There's so many. 
Um, <laughs> I think what comes to mind are those first, you know, those first few years as a freshman um, and sophomore, I was in uh, Davis Hall and I mean, they honors college, really tight community there. And that's really where like I, I shaped my faith and my friendships that I still are you know, I'm in touch with these girls today. Um, just spoke to them earlier this week. Actually, I just think of all those fun adventures that we had as we were just kind of transitioning into adulthood and college life. And, you know, not one necessarily stands out, but that time in particular, really special, really, really my heart. You know, I think, Eva, in that you echo probably a lot of alumni who just their time on their floors in their dorms was an incredibly important, impactful time. And the Honors College is special in that way, too. So awesome. Well, Andrew, what about you? Do you have a, a favorite memory or a, a moment that you kind of you look back on and that's what jumps out at you? Yeah, um, I was a part of um, Mukapa, a group organization uh, club at, on Laterno. And uh, it's just a fantastic place where you have people from all over the world coming together. Uh, you know, different countries, different backgrounds, but they have one thing in common, and that's tarmac. Um, you know, airports and every stuff like that. So it's, it's great to be a part of that, really show Christ to those who didn't know Christ at that time. Um, and uh, we saw people come to the faith through that, and that's been a blessing. And just doing fun activities such as the goat roast. Um, we buy a goat and a pig, and we pretty much slaughter it. And then we cook it and have a camp. It's pretty fun, pretty great. And um, it's just fun seeing all the other um, international students to come together and um, other third culture kids. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah that's fantastic. I, you know, Mukapa was such an important part of my college experience, getting to connect with other MKs and third culture kids and, right. and the international community, and then connect really with people who weren't MKs, but just loved hanging around, hearing stories, having chai time, doing pig roast, like you said. So Andrew, I, I'm excited to hear that that was a great part of your time here too. It's a really neat community. And I think that's kind of what jumps out at me is this idea of community for both mm -hmm. of you, whether it was a dorm community or Mukapa, it's the relationships that are so important. And I just was a part of a, a chapel group yesterday with a group of students. And the thing that they're saying is, yeah, being back on campus is a little weird. Yeah, there's some challenges trying to figure out how things are work, but we love being back on campus because of the community. Mm -hmm. um, and that just seems to be a hallmark of, of not only the turn of the day, but through the years as well. Mm -hmm. So, well, thanks for sharing. Alicia, I think you're going to kick us into our next question. All right. So I'd love to hear more about y'all stories um, just as far as, you know, at Laterno and then after you graduated. So um, how did you end up where you are now? Um, so I graduated in May of 18. Um, and at that point, Luke and I had gotten engaged and our wedding. So we got married in September. So that whole summer, um, I went back home and you know, we were planning the wedding. And I, I felt like it would be better if I waited until, you know, afterwards to start my job. So I took my NCLEX in July and passed. And it wasn't, you know, I wasn't tight. And, you know, depending on a job, past that. Mm -hmm. um, and so we ended up starting down in Montgomery, Alabama. That's where Luke's family was living then. So he got a great job. And, you know, as a nurse, you can really work anywhere. So mm -hmm. I found it very hard there. Um, and like I said, I, I was working on the neuroscience med search floor, just starting out. I really wanted a day shift job. And so that was, you know, the big drive for me choosing that floor. So I worked there. I felt like I could see myself maybe in a, in a better fit elsewhere. So through a lot of awesome situations where God, you know, his timing was perfect and the opportunities arose. Um, I got the job in the medical ICU and really quickly found out that critical care and ICU nursing is definitely my niche. Um, 
I just love being able to be there kind of in the battle with the patients that may be fighting for their life. Um, so I worked there uh, for about eight months and I was planning to for a while. However, you know, with COVID and Luke's job and there was a lot of transition that happened um, back in May. I have to remember now. Um, so just, again, God provided so much for us, provided Luke a great new job up here in Birmingham. And, you know, I was able to work up until pretty much a few days before starting my new job here in Birmingham. So I'm pretty much doing the same thing. I'm in a medical ICU um, at Princeton Hospital uh, here in Birmingham, and I love it. Oh, that's awesome. So how is that adjustment from college life to full-time nursing? It was it was quite an adjustment. Um, thankfully, as a new grad, you know, we're given pretty extensive orientation. Mm-hmm. We're paired up with a nurse who has experience and really can kind of walk you through that transition from you know, textbook nursing to real world nursing um, and really grew a lot, a lot of skin <laughs> and a lot of just independence and confidence uh, through that time for sure. Absolutely. How about you, Andrew? Let's see. I, I got my start. Uh, I did my like my preceptorship in the ER at Longview Regional mm-hmm. Medical Center and I did about eight shifts there, um, finishing up my level four. And then when I was there, I actually applied to ER and then I got talking with um, the director of nursing there and he liked me. And then there's just, there's two years, um, two <laughs> years of working in the ER, um, challenging. Um, and that's part of the reason why I chose ER. I wanted, wanting to do family nurse practitioner. Um, and in order to do that, it's kind of like, you know, they like uh, critical care experience. Working in the ER, I get to take care of kids as well as um older pediatrics adults like all all walks of life and it's been um it's been a blessing and it's it's been challenging though so it's um i was able to work on six certifications um, additional to my NCLEX there got to do a lot of neat things learn uh learn a lot so it's a very 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 good experience as far as getting my feet on the ground and finding what i like what i enjoy um, the, awesome. These uh, past two months, I were, was uh, working at Echo uh, Echo Ranch Bible Camp, mm-hmm. and uh, when I was there, I I was camp nurse, which was fantastic. So it's pretty much you have a mixture of ER stuff, uh, mixture with just basic medications, but also trying to prevent COVID from happening. So screening kids, making sure that they're doing um, that they're healthy, that they're washing their hands. Pretty much everything else so it's kind of it was nerve-wracking but um, god provided um we, we planned to have six weeks of camp and then after the fourth week there was a kid that went home and was sick and had covid like symptoms but it turned out that he didn't have covid which was um just a phenomenal blessing um so we just ended the two weeks of camp ended the last two weeks of camp early and uh, it was tough, but it was um, it was a good decision. But we planted seeds of the gospel. I really got to talk with some kids, got to counsel as well. And I, I really enjoyed doing that. It's been a, a blessing. So in this time period next, it's just um, figuring out what Natalie can get a job and potentially doing um, travel nursing in the meantime. So. Awesome. Hey, Andrew. Okay, so I'm going to interrupt here because at college, your nickname, your floor name was Doc. And then you told me that um, at Echo Ranch, you got a new nickname, Indy, uh, maybe yeah. for Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that nickname. How'd you get it and why'd you get it? 
So, uh, well, let's see, doc was just, because I was a nursing student, it was pretty straightforward. Indy, I was like, I went up to camp, I um, I grabbed my dad's full whip, just just to have, and just in case if you come across a bear, you can just whip it right in the, you know, <laughs> pretty much. Um, and then I had a hat, and then I, I whipped and rode horses and everything else, so just, it's just fitting. You're indie. There's already another Andrew because there's plenty of them. I think my freshman year, uh, the most common name was Andrew in uh, 2014. So. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, we, we want to transition now into our last, we have about 10 minutes left, and we want to transition to kind of getting hearing from you guys, your experience working in um, hospitals during this period. So, Alicia, I'm going to hand it back to you. All right. So about six months ago, all of our lives changed. But for you all in hospitals, it changed radically. Um, as we entered a time where we knew a little about coronavirus, um, but we had people coming into hospitals that were really sick. Um, can you share with us what it was like back in March and April for both of you? Yeah, um, it was it was crazy, <laughs> say the least. And just a lot of just a lack of information all around. At the beginning, you know, hospital policies were changing. Like times a day, we'd have you know staff meetings, just kind of at the nurses' station, saying, "Oh, by the way, you know, now we have to wear masks all the time." Okay, and now we're doing, you know, all these things kept changing, and we kind of just had to ride with it. With my unit specifically, we transitioned into being like the the ICU just for COVID patients, for the rollouts, and the confirmed patients. Um, it really started kind of like end of March. Uh, beginning of April. And so we really just kind of threw all the, the usual things out, out the window and started rethinking, well, how do we, you know, how can we communicate through closed doors? You know, we got walkie talkies or like, how do we, how do we take care of these really, really sick patients when you're stuck in one room? So we did team nursing for a little while and that was really great. You had a buddy outside who could hand you stuff or mm -hmm. other patients um, while you were in the room and just kind of a, a collaborative we're all in this together. You know, we're going to figure this out. You know, we brought the IV pumps out of the room so we didn't have to gown up and go in every time. And just a lot of, a lot of we're in this together and this is hard, but we're going to, we're going to do okay. For me personally, I was, I was proud and honored to be kind of already there. I'm the kind of person I think I would want to be not for the glory of it, but I just, I want to be in there fixing it. You know, if there's a problem, I want to be there helping people. So I was glad that I you know, didn't have to, you know, look a little bit from the outside, um, but I could be right here uh, with them. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I know, like, just, like, working as a scribe at hospitality and, you know, everyone, we had people coming in for, you know, your regular ER, you know, reasons, and then we had people coming in with COVID, you know, type symptoms, and so changing policies from, you know, no mask to, okay, everyone's wearing masks to, oh, now everyone has to wear an N95, like, it was crazy too. I can't even imagine being on the unit at this point, you know, just seeing it at through the ER was crazy. <laughs> so how about you, Andrew? Yeah, it was, um, it was confusing for sure. Um, like the first couple of days when this came forth, we had an increased uh, number of patients and it was, it was a lot. And we were just um, really trying to prepare for the worst without really understanding what was going on. So we uh, essentially split up the ER into two sections. One was mm -hmm. just for um, COVID patients. And we had to uh, set up a tent outside just mm -hmm. for um, 
uh, COVID rollouts and the um, uh, stable COVID uh, rollout patients. And then we had a, an inside for the more, more serious, we had a uh, negative pressure rooms that we um, set up. So it was, it was crazy. And then after a while, we actually saw a decreased amount of patients overall. So we went from seeing about 100 to maybe 120 patients a day to like 60, 50s consistently. But it, we still felt super busy just because we had increased sick patients, you know, limited amount of room. And then we had about one nurse or maybe maximum two nurses uh, dealing with the COVID patients. So we have one nurse outside, one to, one to two nurses outside, and then one nurse taking care of the critical patients. Mm-hmm. That was very difficult. Um, if you were assigned to those rooms, you were always running, always working. And um, gown, N95 mask, and um, and but you had help from the outside, so it was, that was at least uh, doable. But it was it was tough. And then as we went along, we opened up a more fast track as far as COVID patients. As we figure out more and more, just you know, droplet precautions versus full blown PPE precautions. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it kind of changed as far as ER. Is ER we get exposed to a lot of different stuff. Yes. Uh, we don't know what happens, but I think mm-hmm. you know it's not a bad idea for ER workers to be wearing masks because half the time you know you're like, oh wait, you, that person had strep, didn't show <laughs> symptoms, that person had flu. So yes, absolutely. Well, Eva, we want to come back and hear about your experience today, but maybe we'll pause that, Andrew. I want to continue with you for a second. Okay, so yep. you go from working in a structured hospital ER setting to a camp over the summer. And I mean, I remember the conversations at, at church over the last six months and here at Laterna, like how do you keep college students from sharing germs with each other and, and to, to do healthy things that are good for them and their community? How in the world do you help deal with the risk of COVID at a camp with kids? It's so difficult. I mean, I was just thinking about like all the Laterna students coming back together. I mean, that's in itself it's a challenge and it's there's no clear-cut way to do it um i mean part of it is um, early prevent i mean it's prevention um in the Mm -hmm. first place you know early screening um separating as soon as you get symptoms um, good hand uh, hygiene part of it's um it is separation but also just healthy habits you know eating right exercising, making sure your um, grades are good. Because, um, I mean, if you're always stressed out, your immune system's going to be shot. I'm making sure you have the right um, vaccines. I mean, anytime a, a large group of people come together, you're going to have sick people. I mean, that's, there's nothing new as far as school nursing goes or camp nursing, but part of it's just the providence of God, too. As well as say, it's, it's extremely difficult. You, you do separate uh, you can wear masks, but if you do wear a mask, you have to make sure you wear them right. Otherwise, I mean, it's might as well not be wearing a mask half the time because you you know you get the germs on your mask, and then if you're touching your mask and then touching your nose, it's actually like, hey, uh, let me you know catch the germs with my baseball glove and then just eat them straight off the plate. So I mean, but it's it's just you know. It's just basic hand hygiene. I mean, washing your hands prevents so much disease, and that's that's old news. I mean, that was back in the 1860s, 70s, Civil War, and but that's I mean, so far that's been the most effective as far as preventing diseases. 
I mean, people will get sick and you do want to avoid as much as possible, but it, it, it's a rough thing. Awesome. So, Thanks for sharing. Yeah, yeah. And then just some good practical tips there, even for us on a campus and a large community. So yeah. awesome. Thanks, Andrew. Yep. Well, hey, Eva, you want to share with us? I mean, you're you're in a new hospital. You're in Birmingham. And um, and tell us what it's like now. I mean, we're, we're three or four months on. We know a little bit more about COVID-19 and, and how to deal with it. Um, does it feel like that day to day for you? I mean, what's going on? Man, I think last when I talked with you last, we were just kind of starting in Alabama. And then kind of since then, Montgomery was identified in Birmingham area. We're kind of identified as hotspots or potential hotspots uh, in the nation. And Alabama's, you know, their positive rates have been, you know, skyrocketing really since then. For me, you know, our, our IC is always full. So I don't personally see you know, the, the rise of cases. I see a lot of sick patients and you know, that hadn't changed since transitioning from Montgomery to Birmingham. Just in, in a new job in general, you have the challenge of new people, new equipment, new you know ways of doing things. Um, nursing is still the same. Just the way that you approach it can be a little bit different. So there was definitely a bit of a, a hurdle to, to get over, but I honestly, I love my, my work. Um, I love my workers and a lot of the same things are are happening at Princeton as they were at, at Baptist South. So really still seeing super, super sick patients. It's, it's really hard, honestly, um, especially when they can't communicate with their families. And you're the, kind of the, the go-between with family and the patients. They're sedated. They're, you know, they have all the treatments happening. Um, you can Google online what a lot of the ICU entails, and it's pretty much all of that all the time. But Honestly, it's been for me. It's a, it's a joy and a privilege to be that bringer of hope. Like I, as, you know, I'm a Christian, so like I feel called to nursing for sure. And Laterno really instilled that that melding of faith in the workplace, and so I have that kind of confidence in that drive helping me through this. Really, I can I can bring that hope and that love to my families and to my patients. Yeah. And it's yeah, it's really empowering to do that. You know, it's. it's definitely hard but it's the right thing so absolutely well thanks for sharing Eva. okay alicia i'm gonna put you on the spot and I'm, i apologize i did not no. give you a up on this That's um, okay. I want you to have the last word so whether well last question and then you'll get the last word here in a second okay Anything you want to ask uh even andrew before we say goodbye or, or dig in too deeper hmm. <laughs> <laughs> on the spot huh um, i know sorry what like as far as like can not comparing to your coworkers, but have you seen a difference between like how, like what you were taught through the Laterno nursing program compared to like your coworkers? Yeah. As far as education wise, I mean, Laterno does instill you in like almost the heart of fear of like not infecting a patient. So, I mean, as far as like doing your basic procedures, such as um, central lines, dressing changes or fully catheters or uh, IVs, they do a very good job as far as prevention of infection over uh, um, other schools that I've seen. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they, they take it seriously. And that's something that you should take seriously because you have cotties are real things. You have a lot of other nasty infections and it comes from the nurses or the techs who are doing it. So as far as that goes, they really prepare you well for that. And um, as far as knowing the stuff you, you know it <laughs> for sure that's great anything you want to add eva oh i just think of like um 
Yeah, we're set up to be to be very you know confident um, with skills and just in nursing in general. And you're gonna you're gonna work with nurses that aren't as great and aren't as honest or as thorough. And so you know, I think for me at least really helped instill you know what's right, you know, and you're gonna do it whether or not it's the cool thing to do or not. So yeah. um, I've I've seen that happen a couple of times for me, and I think that Latino especially helped to kind of instill that in me for sure. Well, great question. Which, uh, our time is up and I want to honor you guys. I know you have other things to get on to. Even Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for saying yes to a crazy request on my part. Um, thanks for sharing. Really good to hear your stories at Laterno, but also to hear what you're doing. I think one of the things that I'm struck with, and, and I don't know what Alicia struck with, is both how you guys love nursing and you love caring for people, but also how your faith is a part of that. I mean, for Andrew, part of why you did the, the, the camp this summer was to share Christ with these mm -hmm. kids and use your skills. And then even just a few minutes ago, you shared with us, like, I love being a nurse because I get to love on people. I feel like that's how I get to express my faith and care for them. Um, and so I just want to shout out, like, that's awesome. And, and continue to, to pursue, like, Lord, I, I want to share the good news and I want to live it out. And I just feel like you guys are trying to do that even here early on in your careers. And that's awesome. So thanks for joining us today. It's been a really sweet time. So thanks. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Alicia, you have been wonderful. Uh, thanks for, for joining us today. I would love to have, let you have the last word. So maybe what's one thing that stood out from our conversation to you today? I mean, it was just really encouraging to like hear from somebody who was at my place at one point at the same school and with the same professors. Um, that was just super encouraging. And just to see, you know, yes, it's hard right now. And I might be panicking because I have a test in a little bit. But, you know, it's great that, you know, they did it. I can do it. And so I'm just super excited to have this opportunity just to talk with you and them. And it's been great. Awesome. So. Right. You can do it. Um, but I know it is crazy. Good luck <laughs> on your externship that starts tomorrow. So you said yes to this. You have an exam and then you start an externship tomorrow on labor. Yes. <laughs> wow. It's a crazy couple of days. Well, hey, the best of luck. I hope it's a really yes. sweet time at Christus Good Shepherd. Good luck thank on the exam. You. And thanks thank again you. for joining me today. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. Awesome. <laughs> thanks, Leisha. Well, hey, have a couple of announcements here for you as we wrap up. Um, just so grateful for Eva and Andrew and Alicia joining me. If there is a topic you would love for us to, to, to address and to engage with on Alumni Conversations, drop me an email, drop me a uh, message in the comments below or a private message, um, and we'd love to know that. If you know of an alumni who's got a story or involved in something you would love to hear about or you know that fellow alumni would love to hear about, we'd love to hear those recommendations too. In two weeks' time, um, so Thursday, September 10th, I'm really excited for our next conversation. We're going to be speaking with a 1953 graduate, Winton Hancock, uh, a 1987 graduate, um, Sam Skilnick, and a 87 graduate, Misty Pearson, about their work with NASA and SpaceX and the International Space Station and what's happening in the space industry. And I'm really excited about that. So I hope that you'll join us two weeks from today uh, at 1 p.m. Central for that conversation. Well, hey, I did mention at the beginning that I have one more announcement for you, or, or just wanted to, to wrap up and let you know, the Faith Driven Investor and Faith Driven Entrepreneur Conference coming up at the end of September is a wonderful opportunity for you to engage and be engaged by and learn from those engaged in this world. I, I just read a statistic the other day that two thirds of the world's wealth is managed by Christians or at least self-professed Christians. And so if we're gonna be Christ followers in the investment world and the entrepreneurial business world, let's do it as intentionally and, and driven by our faith and understanding of Christ and what he's doing and what he's calling us to as we possibly can. 
And so we're really excited to be able to offer this to you. We're grateful for Dr. Bill Peel, the founder of the Center for Faith and Work and the director uh, of 24-7 Faith, who's also working in the Dallas area with the Common Good organization. We're so excited for this opportunity becoming available through him. So if that's something you want to be involved in, the Faith Driven Investor Conference will be on uh, Wednesday, September 23rd. Uh, some, I think it's September 23rd. And the Faith Driven Entrepreneur Conference will be Thursday, September 24th. Uh, speakers are all over the gamut, and I think it's going to be a really exciting time together. So drop us a line if you'd like the discount code for that. Laterno alumni, staff, students, and faculty can attend it for free, and it is an online conference this year. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you'll join us again in two weeks. Share this video with others who maybe they're in nursing school or they're looking at nursing, or they could use a bit of encouragement. Again, so thankful for Andrew and Eva and Alicia joining me for this conversation today. Well, as we bring this conversation to a close, just want to thank you for joining us. I want to call us and call you as Laterno alumni to continue living out your faith in your workplace. Be Christ's light in the things that he's calling you to. And until I see you next time, take care and God bless.